Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Playoff time is here, and the boys are joining me tonight to break down each matchup of Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. It's going to be an awesome two days of football beginning on Saturday, two games Saturday, four, three games Sunday, and one game on Monday night, which I do kind of like how the NFL has done that. I think it started last year for the first time, and I'm looking forward to a Monday night playoff game. Um, so we'll talk about all the matchups. Got a little treat for the listeners tonight. Our buddy Jordan Turner is going to join us here briefly to discuss uh, the Bears Maybe give his thoughts on the season overall. He hasn't been on since, I think, the middle of the season, so it'll be good to hear what his perspective was because I think it's good for us to hear perspectives of shitty franchises, especially when we were one at one time. Um, and I also really liked when Joe Rat came on because he kind of gave that same sort of perspective just to see, um, you know, what they think. So it'll be good to have him on. Also, his birthday. So when he joins and I introduce, we're going to give him a round of applause, a big round of applause for a big human being. <laughs> Before we do that, let's hear from the guys that join us this evening. Blaine Wheeler, Johnny Rowe, back with me as always. Blaine, we'll start with you. What's up, brother? Playoff football, baby. I um. Uh... I went and got a tall boy just for like playoff memorization before the episode. I'm trying to lay off drinking on Wednesday. So just one tall boy for playoff football, just for the hell of it. It's kind of fun. And oh my God. This Maybe a Zen. Yeah. Yeah. You got that too. Maybe but I mean, this, this is going to be a blast. I mean, it, there's uh, a lot of divisional games, which I think is a lot of fun and teams that have seen each other twice already this year. So third time's a charm. We'll see. And I'm ready to talk about it. Johnny. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. Can't believe we already made it through a full season of uh, regular season of the NFL. But this is the time of year that you want to be at. You know, it's amazing how times have changed as Chiefs fans. You longed for the days to maybe have a chance for the playoffs. And then when you got there, obviously like before the Lord and Savior Patrick Mahomes existed in Chiefs history. But when you got to the playoffs, everyone was wonder wondering what crazy weird thing is going to happen because the Chiefs are cursed come January. Well, Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota is not throwing touchdown passes to himself. Uh, I was you there. Know, the Chiefs aren't losing to the Steelers in a game where the Steelers only make field goals. I was That's there. That's not happening. <laughs> in fact, uh, Andrew Luck is not going to come back from uh. Uh, down, whatever that was, 38 to – 14 or whatever that was. I mean, what I'm getting at is uh, the Chiefs have another first round bye, and it's a, a great time to be a fan. It'll be a great weekend to take a step back and watch some other teams uh, fight for their lives, fight for their seasons. And I, I can't wait to, to dive into these games, hear what you guys think uh, and go from there. Happy to be here, you guys. Normally we would go right into our week 18 takeaway, but told the boys before we hopped on the pod that we had a, we have a new way of doing things. No week 18 takeaway because it's a new season. Nothing in week 18 matters. It is the playoffs and it is meaningful football games. Now you're in the dance. Every game is meaningful and I cannot wait to kick off this wild card weekend. First, we are now joined 
by the birthday boy himself, Jordan Turner, Chicago Bears fan. Let's give it up for the kid. Happy birthday. Yeah. The big Turner. Turner, how you doing, buddy? Give us how old you turned. Uh, any go for dinner, good times. Yeah, I'm uh the big Scotty Rowland. If you're a Cardinals fan out there, 27. Nice. This year, born in '96. Um, actually named after Jordan. Funny enough, Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Um, well. But I'm a LeBron guy, unfortunately. I guess so. But um, no, yeah, I just got back from dinner. Claire took me to a char, which oh. if you're familiar with Springfield, it's an affiliate from Flame. So. It was a phenomenal dinner. Had a nice 16-ounce KC strip, twice-baked potato, lobster mac and cheese. Oh, their lobster mac. It was phenomenal. Yeah, finished with a nice dessert, a little uh, lemon meringue martini as well. It's a nice little night. You know, I'll tell you what, Claire treated me well. Turner, I would say as far as 27, 27 birthdays go, that's an awesome 27th birthday. Yeah, you know, it's up there. She also got me a nice uh, whiskey, some Lid Fittich 14. Um, I'm, uh, you know, sipping on a little bit here, so trying it out. Yeah. Uh, it's got a nice little burn to it. It's, it's pretty nice and smooth. I enjoy it. So, Which, uh, which one's better, that whiskey or the lemon martini? <clears throat> you know, I'd, I'd say they're good for their own respects. You know, I don't like to compare different alcohols like that. You know, I like a nice whiskey for its own time and you know, a nice little lemon meringue sweet martini to finish off a meal is good for its own, you know, respect. So, right, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're awesome. We're glad to have you. Awesome that you're here. Uh, I kind of messed that up when I was I was going into that, but it's okay. Let's get into the Bears. <laughs> it's all right, you know. Sometimes you just you mess up and you just gotta call yourself out. That was awful. But um, Jordan Bears, buddy. Before we get into more more of the offseason stuff, let's get we I was saying we had you on midseason. We kind of understood what your mindset was moving forward, but um your thoughts maybe as the end of the season um is here for you this season, always next season. But you know, maybe your thoughts o- overall on the season and, and how it played out for you. Cause I think they're probably pretty positive, right? Well, you know. First of all, I want to say the Saints, what the, what the hell, dude? I mean, come on, finish a game, $25 in my pocket. Still butthurt about that. Just want to start with that. Oh, game yeah, was- actually, <laughs> hold on. Thank you, Turner. I was going to get – I was not going to talk about that. I completely forgot, completely slipped my mind. I want to bet over you. Yeah. Panthers over six, six and a half, and a half wins. Half. With Eddie Pinheiro – Former Bears kicker shoves it through the uprights for a nice win. 3-0 and on season over totals this year with three different buddies. It feels good. Sorry to cut you off, Jordan. No, absolutely. I pretty butt heard about it. I mean, not only that, like how did the Lions just get dominated by the Panthers like three, four weeks ago? Just, oh my gosh. But anyway, the Bears, I mean, from the last time we talked to now, uh, to finish on a 10-game losing streak, and be excited about it. It's kind of weird, you know. I got to not gonna <laughs> lie, but um, to finish with the number one overall pick, also to watch the Packers get knocked out right at the end of the regular season, it yeah. was really an unbelievable Sunday this past Sunday. Um, a bit of a surprise, and you, you know what I really enjoy is the position that the Bears are in. You know, we've got the number one pick, 
We've got uh, a quarterback that I think we believe in. We've got the number one um, amount of cap space going into the offseason. You know, there's a lot of things that Poles can do, and this is kind of his first offseason where he's got a lot to prove, and he's got, you know, a lot of resources at his hands. It's his draft, and, you know, having the number one pick, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And what I really like to see, or what I'm, it's funny to see already, is the chatter about Bears need to draft a quarterback. And what I love about it is all that's going to do is hopefully just increase that value, get that number one pick. I'm all fine with the former Jets and uh, Dolphins VP, the guy who drafted Mark Sanchez and I think Tannehill even in uh, Miami. That guy's like trade Justin Fields, draft Bryce Young. I love it. More of it. I mean, get get Houston, get Indianapolis convinced that we're drafting quarterbacks so I can you know get some big pieces from those teams because – there is absolutely no way at the end of the day they trade Justin Fields. He has proven way too much this year for him, them. He almost broke the rushing record, and he played in like 14 or 15 games. It's not like he has the extra game thing that everyone has. It's like, no, he he didn't play the entire season, sat out the final game, got hurt a few games, and was like 60 yards away from setting the rushing record. If you throw some pieces around him that can actually catch the damn ball, the dude's going to explode, I swear. I mean, yeah, he can increase his – you know, accuracy, of course, but I mean, he's going into his third year and his second year under Eberflus. And I, I mean, if you get, I mean, D hop in free agency, I mean, one thing that was floated out there was like a, you know, swap, you know, maybe swap picks with uh Colts, uh, maybe even get Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts somehow. I mean, he's a young receiver, could be a good target for Justin Fields. There's just a lot of possibilities and I'm really interested to see where Ryan Poles takes it, you know? Now, are you a little worried that Ryan Poles isn't necessarily married to Fields because he did not draft him, correct? No, he um, that was Pace's last year. Um, but from what he's already said, he said it would take like a lot for him to draft a quarterback one overall. He he's came out and said, you know, it would take him to be really blown away by a Bryce Young or maybe even a CJ Stroud or, you know, God forbid a Will Levis, but I mean, anything like that, I, I just really don't see it. I think that that's all at the end of the day, even if he's like, he says, you know, Justin needs to increase his accuracy well, or, you know, yeah, that's true, but that's just also another little like, Hey, you know, maybe they're not sold on him because we don't want to just give it away. We don't want to just show our hands like, Hey, we got aces here. It's like, no, we want to bluff a little bit. We want to try to increase that value so we can get more, you know, like Texans have two and 12. If we can swap two and, and get two and 12, I mean, that's pretty high value, I think for one pick, but it'll be interesting to see how it all lays out. So say the bears trade to two, what like, okay. If you're the number one, I guess if you're the bears, actually, let me ask you this way. If the bears stay at one, what would you want them to draft? What position? Offensive line? If they're going to draft anything at one? Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. That'd be tough because they oh – man, if they drafted a quarterback, I don't know. That would be chaos. But I probably D-line, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, something like that. I mean, I don't think they're number one overalls, but I could you could justify it in some sort of way. But 
I think what they would do is if they traded to like the Texans, they trade back to two and 12. And then I think maybe they trade back again, maybe trade back to like five or four again with, you know, Indianapolis trade back to five with Seattle, you know, probably get a couple more first round picks from there. And then at five or at four, you can still draft Oakland, maybe a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson. If a couple quarterbacks were taken off the board, you know, there's, it's definitely a possibility still staying that high. And that's what I kind of like. I, I like the four kind of five range for us to stay. I don't want us to get too deep and not really get a guy that can produce right away because we need guys, on, especially on the defense and the offensive line, that have to produce right away for us to start being more competitive. Johnny Blaine, you guys got anything, any rebuttals to anything that he's been saying? I know Johnny had mentioned, I think maybe last week, that he he would believe that they would trade Justin Fields. Johnny, anything on that? Because I, I, as much as I don't want to admit it, I – I think I tend to lean with Johnny Rowe because guys like GMs are married to their draft picks. Like that's why Clyde stuck around for five years. Like or uh freaking pace isn't isn't married to fields in my opinion. Johnny. Yeah, uh it's hard for me to word because I don't want to piss Turner off or anything. <laughs> like I just you know, first off, to expect the right decision from the Chicago Bears, you know that's not going to happen from from their track record. If they do stay in the first pick or they do trade back regardless, what has this organization done to show you they're going to make the right move? You know, the most important position in football, the single most important position that if you get correct can completely turn around in the franchise is if you get quarterback right. I was impressed by some things by Justin Fields this year, but if this organization evaluates one of these guys and they fervently believe that th- that this is their guy, they are going to tell Cannonball to go on TV and like say um, say Bryce Young is the name. You know, I'm not saying Bryce Young. I'm not evaluating any of these guys. I'm just saying that if the Bears find their guy. They're going to go get them. Let's talk about the well. What if they trade back to two and get two and twelve from Houston? Houston's going to hold their foot to the fire. They're going to be like, "Why would we trade up to one with you? We're going to see what move you're going to make." So maybe they'll call the Bears bluffs. So see if the Bears will trade it with somebody else, and and uh, you know maybe the Colts come up and get Bryce Young, and the and and the Texans are okay with Will Levis, then they won't trade two first-round picks to the Bears. I just think that definitively saying that there's no way the Bears are trading Justin Fields or trading for, uh, you know, taking a quarterback here, like, I just think that there is a chance. Like, there is a chance. And the Bears are going to believe that they are not going to be picking at a point like this for a long time. So, like, that's where it opens the door. If If they believe that, they can believe that because they won't pick at one. The reason they won't pick at one is because they have Justin Fields, or they can believe that the reason they won't pick at one is because we love Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, or whoever the hell, Hendon Hooker, because they're going to take us to the promised land. So I don't know. That was a long way of me saying, like, I don't think it's the most likely scenario they trade Justin Fields, but it is not absolutely out of the question. Yeah, I can see. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. But uh, I I can see definitely that the Bears consistently make the wrong choice. And definitely there's a chance. Like, there's always a chance that they're just going to Mitch Trubisky blunder it for anyway, four picks, and then pick maybe one of the worst 
bus since Jamarcus Russell, if not the worst bus since him. I mean, so definitely there's a chance. My hope is that, you know, maybe Ryan Poles learned something from the leadership from Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City has shown time and time again that they can scout personnel. They can draft really well. They can, you know, build around talent such as Mahomes. I mean, even when Tyreek left, they were still able to build around him because of a great VP and, and or, or GM. And so I think that hopefully he learned something from Kansas City and can take something away and, you know, some of that magic can stay on him. But I, I'm going to have to stay optimistic as much as it sucks and as hard as it is with the new regime, just like I was with Pace and Nagy. I mean, I was, I, I was optimistic with them and I was a Trubisky guy as, as long as I could be until it was just like, you couldn't be any longer, you know? So yeah, as much as it sucks, it's just kind of how you got to ride the waves as a fan of a pretty bad organization, unfortunately. That's exactly, I mean, Chandler, you said it was about a week. It was this morning. That's how long days are when we're back to work after the holidays, we're debating this, <laughs> but I would, I tweeted at, to the Tannenbaum video, like Tannenbaum is the biggest idiot on TV and one of the worst GMs probably in the last 20 years. So if you're listening to him, then, and Johnny's like, well, I guess I'm an idiot like Tannenbaum too, as I'm reading their text <laughs> from earlier this morning. But it, I, I just, I'm with you, Tur. I, I think you have to ride Justin Fields out. I mean, you saw Jalen Hurts in his first little while and some of these quarterbacks as they progress, like you got to give them time. And if you don't, and Poles is smart enough to get weapons in there, and I think he's going to trade back, as you're talking about, use those picks. Seattle, Detroit, and the Eagles all have two first-round picks. Like, you can go down. You can get some value from some of those teams with two first-round picks. Um, get some talent. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think you got to believe in Poles. I'm believing in Poles. I know the Bears have sucked for years. But at some point, bad organizations turn it around. And I think they believe they can do it with Fields, and they're going to try to do it with Fields. Johnny, I think you had one final question for Turner or one final statement, whatever. Yeah, just I'll just wrap it up. You know, what's like the – so is is Poles going to do the right thing? I mean, you can't judge a guy solely based off one thing. For the love of God, Brett Beach's first move in the draft was to trade up for Breland Speaks, and he's not in the league. So, like, I'm not going to completely judge him. <laughs> but just this season, what did, what did, what did uh, Ryan Poles do? He traded the first – pick in the second round for Chase Claypool and the Bears were 0-7 with Claypool and he was awful so it's like I just need I, I the Bears need to nail this they frankly they do and if that is if that is keep fields and trade back and get more picks okay great but you have to nail those picks I will go to bat for Justin Fields for a second here I did not think he progressed as a passer like I would have seen this year like I would have wanted to see in his defense he has arguably the worst skill position uh, group in all of football, coupled with inarguably the worst pass-blocking offensive line in the entire league. The Bears' offensive line was doing pretty good in run blocking, but pass-blocking, it, it was a disaster. So, you know, what are the Bears going to do? Are they going to drop Justin Fields back with a line that can't block and receivers that can't separate? No. So that's probably attributing uh, to some of the lower numbers there. So this is imperative for the Bears because the – the biggest thing you can control for the, for the playoff success of your franchise is to win the division. The Packers are in limbo. Rodgers has likely played his last game, okay? The Vikings stink. Yeah. The Lions ended their season on an incredible note. 
the Bears have an opportunity to do the to get this right. And for all the things they've done wrong, this is a huge offseason. Like Turner said, the most cap space in the league, prime draft capital. A quarterback that many think is the guy, maybe that if and if they don't think he's the guy, they have to get it fixed this year. So I'll end it with this. The Bears need to get better because they really piss me off. Yeah. Uh, the guy rushed for the most – I mean, his November was fucking awesome. Like, he had a bad start, and he rushed for the most yards in the history of the NFL from a quarterback position. What did he do, like 180, I think, or 170? Something somewhere around like that. There? I mean, when you got something like that, you got you to gotta try it again. Yeah. Yeah, I just think his playmaking ability was there. And, I mean, there were a few games, like the Commanders game, he hit Starnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney drops the game-winning touchdown. Like, he's had throws, like – even uh, I think it was against the Packers the second time we played them. Equinemia St. Brown dropped a wide open, <laughs> like right in the hands, fourth and fourth and ten. And so yeah, I mean, when you're throwing to Equinemia St. Brown and like Dante Pettis and all these other you know Joe Schmoes, it's just kind of like, like you said, it's if you can build around them, and I think we have enough resources to build around him and give him a shot because definitely we got to protect. But we also, you know, can hope maybe straight back. Does is there? Does anyone know? I, I'm not big on like college football. Is there like an Ohio State receiver he played with that maybe coming out? Maybe like a, you know, a Burrow, uh, Smith and the Jigba. I was wondering was Smith and the Jigba. I, I mean, I if, if if we trade back to like 20, and I, I, that might be a little high. I don't know on like drafting him, but something about that kind of like he's more of a second round kind of guy. Well, I also I, don't know that he and Fields played together. So, yeah, I don't know either, but, but something about that kind of connection from, like, college guys coming in, you know, they kind yeah. of have that natural connection that they had at college, but that's just kind of one of those who-knows scenarios, but, yeah, right. I totally agree. Got to nail it, and I'm really hoping he does. Got to keep hey, the optimism. Hey, say something nice about the Bears' uh, skill position. I like Cole Komet. I think he's a good tight end. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good, versatile tight end. He can run block, and he can catch the ball, I think. Yeah, he, he really came on this season, um, showed showed a lot of progression, and he was one that really needed to prove himself. You know, I think he's getting into a contract year. Um, I, I believe this is his fourth year, so he needed to kind of prove himself to kind of get an extension. So yeah. I was glad to see that because that's a position that you can make a young quarterback really comfortable having a solid tight end like that, you know, it really right. solidify that. Well, any final messages, um, any words of encouragement you want to give to GM polls through the Figure It Out pod as sort of a liaison to the Bears general manager in front office uh, to, to sign you off here? You know, like I said, polls, use some of that Kansas City magic, <laughs> all right? You were there when they really flipped things around. I mean, I know it might not have started as great as you might have wanted, like uh, Johnny said with the first pick, but... You know, obviously the Chiefs, when we were kind of growing up, you know, weren't awesome. And then here we are, and they're number one seed, four straight AFC championships, have a chance to go five straight, even with the neutral site, you know, BS, whatever. But still, you know, I mean, perennial dynasty almost. I mean, I won't say that yet, but, you know, hopefully some of that magic rubs off and he makes all the right moves and makes some magic happen because, like Johnny said, NFC North is wide open in the next in the foreseeable future, really. So fingers crossed, man. That's all I got to say. Turner, I absolutely love it. This segment almost made me want to become a Bears fan, but I'm not going to do it because of this guy right here behind me. Um, it's just a little bit more fun to be a Chiefs fan right now than it is a Bears fan, I think. So 
I appreciate your time. Happy birthday. Happy awesome birthday. Awesome for you to take time out of your birthday to join the Figure It Out pod. Really appreciate you. And you've been a, you've been a correspondent the entire season. So for that, we thank you as well. So, Turner, have a great night, buddy. Cheers. Love you guys. See you. Cheers. See you. Bye, Turner. Cheers. Happy birthday. Man, what a fun show. I love that guy. There's this, and you know what, too? I challenge any other Bears content to be as good as that. I'll say it. I'm not afraid to admit it. That was good Bears how, content. How about Turner, though? I mean, it's his birthday. He had an amazing dinner, yeah. drinks, good comms. And he's such a good guy. He spent some of his time on his birthday talking to us about Equinemia St. Brown. Yeah. Just a, He's just a – God, that'd be like us coming on here and talking about Demarcus Robinson for more time. <laughs> Good lord, man! Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't. I actually kind of forgot to say this. I was going to bring up that Claypool stat. That was a fleece by the Steelers. They fleeced that. I think it's the first pick in the second round, and technically, it's a pick higher because the Dolphins forfeited their first round pick. So, pick thirty-two oh. in this coming draft. Pick thirty-two. Really it could have been the Bears, yeah. but but thank God they got Chase Claypool, which, you know, he's had some good moments, but, like, is that what the Bears need, right? And is that the kind of weapon the Bears need? The Bears need to go – like, the, the Bears need to go spend their money on somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, who we've now heard is going to be a, 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 up for trade. Or the Bears need to be a big player in getting somebody like Juju. I hope they don't want Juju back, but the Bears have the money to get somebody like Juju. And that would be a great guy to have with, with Justin Fields or whoever they have at quarterback. But, God, okay, guys, we've talked about the Bears for like 20 minutes. I'm going to puke. It's yeah. wild card, baby. Let's get to the playoffs. Everything we've talked about is irrelevant up to this point. We're at the big dance. Before we do that, want to update the listeners. Bears game on in the background, 35-32. Bears, 18-10 left in the second half. So we'll be updating through the second half here. NFL Wild Card Weekend starts Saturday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. The Seattle Seahawks go on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Niners minus nine and a half for all you betting folks. And something about this really kind of scares me for the Niners. The only reason I think the Niners are an insanely good team, and I think they're scary if they get through this game. Division games, scary in themselves. Seattle, nothing to lose. Niners, magical run, 11 in a row, no slip-ups, no real hardships. And the Seattle Seahawks can come to Santa Clara, California and make this a mucky game. They just can. They're so inconsistent that when they're on, they're on. And they could be on on Saturday afternoon. So I think the Niners win. I think if I'm a betting person, I'm betting Seattle plus nine and a half because this game screams Robbie Gold walk-off field goal to me. Let's go with Johnny first. Get him a little pepped up. Johnny, I think you found the E maybe a little bit. The post-nap has weared off here. Yeah, peek behind the curtain for the listeners. I am just had a long day today. My, my son decided at two in the morning um, that he was going to throw up his dinner in his, <laughs> in his crib. And then um, without going into too much 
gross detail. He wasn't done throwing up then, and he wasn't going back to bed either. So uh, I needed to take a little dad nap before this, and I feel like I woke up like in a time capsule like 20 years later. I <laughs> I, pull, I pulled it together, though, and um, I couldn't be more excited for this weekend, really. Like, I do wish, you know, I wish the Chiefs were playing, as stupid as that is. I think Chandler said that, but I completely, like, agree. Like, I wish the Chiefs were playing, but also, like, it's amazing they're not playing. A buy right now is the like the biggest advantage that you can get uh, in a game with that's so physical. I think this is going to be a physical football game. Where I can see this getting crazy on the betting line is like if this San Francisco defense just pins its ears back and Seattle can't move the football. I could see them being able to cover like with their running game, which. They have Elijah Mitchell healthy, the 49ers. So it's Elijah Mitchell, you know, obviously, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, but Mitchell had two touchdowns last week on five carries. Like, he's going to be involved to some extent. Uh, Shanahan loves him. Kittle is absolutely balling right now. And um, I just think the firepower on the 49ers' side is just too much for, for the Seahawks team. I actually think Geno's not playing very good football as of late. If you look at the season – as like maybe two seasons, the first half of the year, he was playing awesome. And since then, I don't think it's really been that great. Um, but yeah, actually, I think I'm going to take the the 49ers and I'll, I'll take the, the nine and a half uh, here, Blaine. I'm not sure what you think. I don't know. If, and two, I, maybe you know this, Blaine. I think a big piece for Seattle is going to be a play or not. Um, he's obviously a huge safety valve for them. But even if he plays, I, I'm going to go with the 49ers here, Blaine. I am all over my favorite bet of the week, the Seattle Seahawks. All over them. Pete Carroll, there's just something about Pete. I might be, I'm listening to Pete Carroll's book right now, and I just truly love his ideal, who he is, what his mindset is, and just how he's consistently good. Outside of Tomlin, he's the most consistent head coach in the NFL. I mean, Andy Reid, obviously, with the Paul teams. But with those borderline guys, I mean, Geno Smith broke all of franchise records at quarterback this year. Who would have thought? The Seattle Seahawks are in the playoffs. Who would have thought? The Seattle Seahawks are going to the one-seed San Francisco 49ers and might beat them. Who would have thought? That's where my mind's at is. I, I need to see more out of San Francisco. My mind is all over the place about a third stringer getting this much love. You know, Brock Purdy's been very good as a quarterback in the NFL so far. But when has he been tested? At Las Vegas, where they won by three? I mean, he had a hell of a game, but, you know, it's this is playoff football. First time starting quarterbacks at home in the playoffs are 12 and 14 straight up in the history of the NFL. First time quarterbacks only cover the spread 38% of the time in their first playoff start. San Francisco has the dead last strength of schedule as far as, you know, there's this betting guy, no, no free shout outs that does at the end of the year the best teams and who, how everybody finishes. And then they do strength to schedule based off 18 weeks of football. San Francisco is dead last, not tested. Chandler, you said it in this game, mucky. It's an 80% chance of rain starting at 7 a.m. Friday, Friday on to Saturday throughout the entire two days, muddy, mucky, wet football. And you know what it likes to do in Seattle? It likes to rain. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm all over Seattle here. I, I really think there's something that uh, 
you know, Kenneth Walker being back has, has created a little bit. We want to see more. I think they can add a little bit more than they have showed late this year and get things right. And did you guys see the video of Pete Carroll riding around in his scooter in the locker room and Geno Smith dancing at practice today? Those guys are loose. And this game is they got nothing to lose, and, and I'm all over Seattle. Speaking of teams that have nothing to lose, Saturday night football, Jaguars returned. They had a huge win last Saturday night against the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. They will host the Chargers in Duval. I do really like saying that. I got to give them a lot of credit for that. I love ripping off a good Duval. I hate the Jags, but I'll just be it's walking lit. the hallway. It's so dope. Like, let it go. It's awesome. But they will host the Chargers at home, plus two home dogs in the playoffs question mark chargers really weird play by them last week um don't know why their guys were playing there was literally nothing that they could have done in that game to improve or unimprove their playoff uh positioning and they're playing in the fourth quarter mike williams doubtful for this game as far as i've seen did not practice yesterday. I don't believe he practiced today. That's not good for a Saturday game. Um, Jags are frisky. Chargers might be a better team, but Jags at home, and I don't want to play the Chargers. I'm going Jags. <laughs> Jags all day, Blaine. Yeah, I like that. And back to, um, I, I forgot to say something about Seattle, San Fran. Sorry, but San Fran's given up the most deep balls or big plays in the last two years combined of any NFL team. Seattle has the two best deep threats in Lockett and Metcalf in the NFL, I think, really outside of hell and waddle. Um, look for look for some airing out to happen there. Something happen. But back to the Chargers. Chargers, weird, going to Denver, short week, back home, then back to Jacksonville all across the coast. That's not good, especially with injuries. Bosa was a little banged up too. I mean, Mike Williams, like you're saying, he had to get help to the bus. Like he couldn't even walk on the bus. So if you don't have that guy, the Chargers have been different without that guy all year long. And whenever they didn't have that guy was when Herbert post Chiefs rib injury and the Jags beat him by 25. So, you know, I, really it, these two teams are so similar. They're young. They can score. They're both fun. It's a fun Saturday night game. What's it going to come down to? I mean, are you going to pick playoff Doug Peterson or are you going to pick playoff Brandon Staley? And I think at home, they're just – this kind of reminds me of the young Royals when I'm there, when they were on their run. Like, they were really, really hard to beat because, you know, they first tasted a home playoff, a first taste with the young core that they believe in. Jacksonville is going to be on fire, and that's a very hard place for a guy in Staley who likes to screw up to go in and win without his key piece at wide receiver – I think I got to go Jacksonville as much as I don't want to. Wow. Going against his father. Wow. I love Chargers. <laughs> Chargers are the play for me. Um, and I don't know what? if this is like a reverse psych because I'm like trying to be – I'm trying to like be wrong. As a Chiefs <laughs> fan, I do not want to play the Chargers again just because it's so hard to beat a team three times. It's like a thing that your dad says to you in like a, at like a baseball tournament on the weekend. It's actually, you know, as a kid, it's actually true. Like it is really hard to beat a team three times in any sport, especially in one season. I mean, that's why baseball series are three games. That's why 
you know, a lot of their regular season um, in the NFL, they they split their regular season divisional series. Um, but, but I'll take the Chargers here. Something really to monitor, like Chandler said, is Mike Williams. Both days, DNP Bosa uh, has been a full participant both days. But it really just boils down to Brandon Staley is an asshole. Like, he's a fucking asshole. And he is the biggest impediment to this team's success so far. It's not the injuries. It's him. You know, he was the, he's the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year with his ridiculous fourth down charades. Uh, that cost them multiple games in a playoff slot. He's the reason that this team is injured now at this point because of playing uh, these players in these situations last week. You know, there was a, a game earlier in the year, I remember it plain as day, when Jacksonville kicked the Chargers' ass, and it was like a 30-point game, and Herbert had just gotten his ribs broken by the Chiefs a week before or maybe two weeks before. And it's like the fourth quarter, there's like no time left in the game, and he still has Herbert out there against the Jags taking hits. This guy's an asshole. And if the Chargers lose this game, it is – I think it is actually more likely than not if, that if the Chargers lose this game, they'll fire Brandon Staley and completely go after Sean Payton. That, 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 yeah. So this is all my nightmare because I think Sean Payton <laughs> is an amazing coach, so I don't want him to coach the Chargers – but if Brandon Staley wins this game and is still their coach, that means that it's really likely that the Chiefs will will play the Chargers. For the listeners, just so you know, to make it really easy, the Chiefs will play in their first game one of these following four teams. The Jags, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Dolphins. There is no chance the Chiefs will play the Bills or the Bengals in their first game. So they'll play one of those four teams, most likely the winner of the Jags-Chargers. I think it's going to be the Chargers, but – to, to the point that you guys are making, these teams are extremely similar. It's just going to be who shows up. And just looking at the Jags in whole, too, it scares me because I think the Chargers, like it's either the Chargers win pretty handily, get out to a fast starter, or it's a three-point Jags win. I don't think the Jags have the ability to blow out the Chargers here. I, I think the Chargers are too good. But yeah. the last time, the the Titan, I mean, they Dobbs, bad play away from the Jags losing that game. They played the Texans, the Jets, to, you know, like two bad, bad quarterbacks, backups, bad teams. Titans, Cowboys, they won that overtime game. That was a lot of fun. And then the Lions beat them by 30. So when they've seen an offense of caliber, they've lost. Something to be considered about with Herbert and the Chargers. Sunday noon, Miami Dolphins travel north to on Buffalo. Don't really know if we have to spend that much time on this game. Uh, Dolphins feel like they're swimming north for a slaughter. Um, I mean, in, in a weird way, like the Bills fell into a really uh, decent situation for what they had to go through. So I'm not going to spend much time on this one, boys. Um, I know we don't have that many games, but I mean, it's nice guy, probably Skylar Thompson against Josh Allen. Like, I think even the game of Skylar Thompson's life, he can't beat this Bills team. And that place is going to be fired up. I almost guarantee somehow DeMar is on the sideline. I'd guarantee it. Then he got discharged from the Buffalo hospital. He's got a couple more days to recuperate. I guarantee you they have him out there. So that place will be charged up. Uh, Dolphins are going to get killed. Buffalo, probably by 100. Johnny? What's the line you got? I've got Bills minus 13. 
a lot of points for the playoffs. I'm just thinking of just from a gambling side. Like, I mean, when the Bills play these bad teams, a lot of the time they blow them out of the water. And, like, how, how, that building's going to be, like, on on one in Buffalo. And I, how how does this go perfectly for the Dolphins, right? Like, how, as a better, you'd have to, like, hope that Josh Allen turns the ball over on the first drive or something like that. And they – they have success running the football on the Miami side, maybe a couple of deep connections to Tyreek. I just feel like so much has to go right for the Dolphins to even have a chance here. And all that's gone, all that's happened for the Dolphins over the last six weeks is everything that can go wrong. Starting a third string quarterback that's a rookie seventh rounder against the Bills in Buffalo. I don't even want to root for that. I mean, like, I want them to win, of course, because it's the Bills, and I don't. it'd be great for them to knock them off. If the Dolphins win this game, the Chiefs know exactly who they're playing. They're playing the Dolphins. They've been you know, the seventh seed. But I'm trying to, like, find any given Sunday anything can happen. How in the hell do the Dolphins win this game? They, they don't. The Bills got, you know, they're getting healthy. They've got De- – you know, DeMar is – Looking like he's doing a lot better. They active. They started the 21-day clock on Micah Hyde to come back. He won't play this week. They've already ruled that out. But if they win this game, he might be back for the next round. Like, to me, there is no chance for for Miami at all. They're dead. And, Blaine, if you have a, a, a take on that that's different, I, I am looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, I mean, I can make it interesting in the fact that, I mean, the last time these two teams played, of course, it was a, it was a different scenario. Skylar Thompson wasn't starting, but Buffalo didn't punt and they still lost. <laughs> and how does that happen? It's because of, you know, Josh Allen turnover prone and the Buffalo Bills just somehow decide to win games or lose games in weird ways. They won game last week in a weird way. They got outgained by New England. They got outrushed by New England. But they two three, kickoff returns. Two kickoff returns. Like, it, it's a very – iffy Buffalo Bills team that, you know, if if the tide is right for Miami, they're going to run the ball. That's all they're going to have to do. They ran the ball for 150 yards last week. They haven't run the ball well, really, all year long. So that is the only possible way. If Miami can slow it down, turn Josh Allen over, as they have in the past two meetings, very well and very successfully. But, um, you know, I, I, just, I just really don't see it either. I'm with you, Chandler. If DeMar is even close to being in the building, he's out of there. Um, but something about me just doesn't like the Buffalo Bills in the postseason. I love the DeMar line, but there's just something weird that I think this game could be a little closer than we think. But I'll go Bills. I think it's going to be a slaughter. I speaking of not, slaughters, right. <laughs> speaking of slaughters, oh, here fuck. comes one. Oh, fuck. Sunday afternoon, the New York Giants travel to the state of Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And I will say something nice about the Vikings. They got the luckiest draw out of the entire playoffs for a team that doesn't deserve to be there. Um, I can't – maybe the Bills and the AFC are kind of the Vikings in the scenario because what a lucky, lucky draw to play. The Giants, who are probably the worst team in the NFC playoffs, um, I would say Seattle's better than them. And I think even Seattle – that Seattle might have beaten the Giants earlier in the year. Um, and I still think the Giants are are a worse team. The Vikings are going to win this game. Can you believe that I'm saying that? Because they're going to win this game. Um, the Giants, I don't think, have what it takes to beat the Vikings. Um, so, 
for that. I'm going to take the Giants plus three and the Giants money line if I was a betting person. But I think the Vikings are going to win this game, Blaine. And uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah, it is. And I'm with you, obviously. Wise guys hate Minnesota, you know, especially after Green Bay. They got blown out by Green Bay. But then go back, blow out Chicago, get back on the right track. I mean, this the line for Chicago was at like seven last week and a lot of wise guys in vegas were hammering chicago thinking how big of frauds minnesota was that proved to be stupid stupid and i just think people are getting ahead of themselves on minnesota yes they might not be as great as their record their strength to schedule kind of sucks they've won close games but minnesota has the firepower to win multiple playoff games oh. they have the firepower to win this ball game really i, I you know what 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 i struggle with is how are the Giants going to look after resting their guys last week? Daniel Jones off rest. Rusty, if Minnesota gets out fast, this game is over fast. And I think that's what's going to happen. Now, the problem I have is Minnesota banged up Darius Smith, Harrison Smith, Redberry, Sullivan. A lot of guys on that defense aren't healthy. That's not good. And Blaine, Especially, that's Minnesota's problem all year, in my opinion, is they right. don't start fast. Right. So if they can, with those injuries on defense, I think they, they, they have a chance to blow out um, the Giants. I'm going to take Minnesota with the spread. I may even bump it up a little bit if I, if I can, just because I think Minnesota wins by two scores. Uh, oh, this, God. This okay, I'm flipping back. I think the Giants win this game, and I, <laughs> there's just no way they don't. <laughs> speaking of two scores, though, I missed this. I did this the last week. Going back to the last game with, with Buffalo-Miami, Teams are 12 and 0 in the playoffs when favored by double digits. Covered 12 straight, won all 12. So if you get a double digit, then hammer it in the playoffs. It, it always hits. Wow. Okay. I, I just found a pretty cool stat that I'm going to read. Um, it's a source. It's about Kurt. Source Twitter. <laughs> but. This is bad radio. I just lost it. I'm about to get it here. Okay. So this game's at 3.30. Kirk Cousins in 11 games this year. That started at noon. 68% uh, completion percentage, 288 yards per game, 21 touchdowns, six picks, 99.4 rating, and a 10-1 and record. Any other games besides games that are at noon? There were six games. That completion percentage drops – that completion percentage drops from 68 to 64. The yards per game, 288 down to 230. The touchdowns, 21 drops down to eight. Interception, oh. six jumps up to eight. So eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. And the rating goes from 99.4 down to 80.75. And in those six games, the Vikings are three and three. The data shows that this is a letdown Kirk Cousins spot. And... I'm going to take – I guess I'm just going to continue the trend and go the other way from you guys. I'm going to take the uh, – I'm going to take the Giants to cover here. Oh, my And it's going to be the Dable. It's it. going to be the – it's going to be the Dable story. The Giants are uh, a terrible football team, and so are the Vikings. And I will be taking the Giants in this spot based off of that. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on the Vikings. And, uh, yeah, I'll take it. And it, So, if I'm wrong, great. Uh, good luck against San Francisco in the next round then, Minnesota. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the job. Seattle doesn't beat them. Um, one, one fun thing. Justin Jefferson has never played in an NFL playoff game. 
he went for a hundred plus in that natty championship with bro he's a big time big game guy i mean he shows up he's going to show up and if they're they're just going to be unstoppable this offense is going to score a lot justin jefferson period to update listeners to distract from that tomfoolery that blaine just laid out for us Illinois State 45, Missouri State 40, 11-13 left in the second half. Redbirds at the free throw line. And for whatever reason, my ESPN app is sending me an ESPN notification on every point that is scored. My phone is lighting up, dude. It's insane. I do not have that setting checked, so we're going to have to figure that out. Let's get back to it. Sunday Night Football. Wait, Ravens-Bengals, you say? They just played weekend 18. That's right, folks. They matchup once again for the third time this season within seven days of their game ravens plus eight and a half ravens no one knows what's going on in baltimore i'm i'm starting to get convinced that even baltimore doesn't know what's going on in baltimore i'm re-watching the wire got baltimore on my brain i've been studying a lot of ravens recently and they're screwed i want i want lamar to play I think that the contract for Roquan comes at a very strange time. Like you said, Blaine, I completely agreed with that, I think, in terms of not signing Lamar, but you're going to sign a, a middle linebacker, one of the most aggressive positions. That you and, just got. And most injury-prone positions. I love Roquan Smith. I'm not taking away from his talent. He's one of the best linebackers in football. But your whole argument was you're not going to sign your quarterback because of the way he plays, and you don't know if that's your guy. And then you go out and do this. It's just weird right now. Lamar not practicing, I believe. Tyler Huntley is apparently on track to be the starter if Lamar can't go, which is seemingly more and more likely as we go about this. Bengals are hot. They have some injuries on the offensive line. I think they're going to be able to get them back if they get through this round, but they got to get through this defense first. It's going to be a challenge having just played, but – I think Cincy at home, dude. I I'm I think Cincy at home is an easy is an easy play. I really do, Johnny. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. You're right about the Roquan thing in relation to Lamar. It's very curious to look at there. It kind of goes back to what we were saying about Justin Fields earlier. I mean, you teams when they see their their quarterbacks improve throwing the football and when they're doing a lot of good things throwing the football they throw bags of money at them yes the running aspect is awesome Lamar is a fantastic runner but running at the quarterback position and scrambling ages like milk throwing the football ages like wine that's all I mean it's just not sustainable for a quarterback to run like that it's why a lot of people are worried about the the longevity of Josh Allen with the way he's running and just open yourself up to more injuries, and I think they're in a really weird position right now uh, when it comes to when it comes to Lamar. So, Tyler Huntley's terrible, and I I'd have no confidence in them winning this game with him. I think they're going to run like a wishbone offense. I think they're going to run the ball fifty times or try to in this game and try to grind it out to like a thirteen to freaking ten victory if they can hold the Bengals to that. And I'm just not confident they can with all due respect to this uh, Baltimore defense. So, um, yeah, Cincinnati's the play here for me. I think it's – I'm not thinking too hard on it. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's, I, I agree with you both. It's 
Lamar is just the weirdest thing. And I'm going to Baltimore Monday. We'll be in Baltimore Monday through Wednesday. So I'll, I'll, re, I'll report back on what the, the everybody's saying, but I've been in touch with some of those. They, they don't have any hope. I mean, 27-16, I think it was last week, that game. And it, if it wasn't for, well, I think, 90 yards the, in the second half, the worst Bengals second half all year, five punts, the most punts out of a second half of the Bengals, or they blow them out. I mean, it was one where Burrow and Taylor were pissed in that postgame pressure saying, we found a way to win. I'm glad we found a way to win, but that's not who we are. I, I, I just think they get it right. I mean, Cincinnati is a freaking wagon. 21 and three against the spread in their last 24. That is, I mean, especially against a team now in the playoffs, which Cincinnati has been phenomenal in the playoffs with this core, with Burrow and all, and all their guys. I mean, there's just no way. It, if somebody bets against Cincy here, you would have to to literally be Jesus Christ for me to believe you because I don't see it at all. <laughs> well, very well said. I, uh, that's going to be an awesome game, though, for some reason. I don't care who plays quarterback for Baltimore. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Yeah. Monday night playoff football. That's going to be awesome. Dallas Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay. Guys, maybe the best game of the weekend in terms of the storylines, kind of, and this Tampa Bay team all of a sudden with a resurgence. Does Tom Brady still have the Tom Brady magic? Dallas, on the other hand, people are now all of a sudden back out on Dak. Rightfully so. He's not been playing well. Cowboys have been good, but they went and got ass, their ass kicked at the Commanders last weekend just in a weird, like, why did you lose like that game? How does this Dallas team respond? I think that is the biggest question mark. Do they come back and play like they have been playing all year, or do they let the storylines and the headlines dictate how they play because they're the Dallas Cowboys? I think they're a better team than Tampa. I completely believe that. But that doesn't mean this Tampa Bay team can't win. There's a reason why Dallas is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And quite frankly, I don't know the numbers at all, but Tom Brady as an underdog at home in the playoffs, how many times has that happened? I would say less than five. So there's a lot for Dallas to prove here, and I think if Dallas can take care of this game, they can go on a run. I think this is a huge confidence builder as you move forward in the playoffs. But when I look at this game, this is the prototypical playoff game that Dallas loses. I've never seen Dallas win this football game. They haven't been really good or Super Bowl contenders since before we were born. Johnny was like one. So, like, come on. Dallas, if you're real, you win this game. And for that, I'm taking Tampa plus two and a half, and I think Tampa wins. I think they win wholeheartedly. Blaine, what do you think? I love that. I love that. I go to the strength of schedule, as I've noted, back-to-back because of the Week 18. I, I think it's a huge factor going into the playoffs. Dallas, 29th worst. Haven't been tested much, and when they have, well, they haven't played very well. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, the 13th strongest schedule. Tom, last game ever. Uh... Dak was 14 of 37 last week. That is, I mean, that might be one of the worst showings of quarterback all year long. 128 yards, 14 for 37. And the Cowboys ran the ball 27 times for 60 yards. Against the commander's team that had no, like, they weren't in contention. 
Um, Sam Howell. Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense. I mean, horrible, horrible, horrible game. You got time to get right now. The only thing that I'll point here is Dallas's front is really good. Tampa's O-line, not good at all. Very, very banged up. If Tom can't, you know, which he'll get the ball out in two seconds, and Dallas will try to play to that. And I think Dan Quinn's one of the better defensive coordinators in the league and being able to put pressure on quarterbacks. So that's something to watch. But, I mean, just after last week and what Dallas looked like, I, I think I'm going with you, Chandler. Tampa, Tom, home. I, I got to take Tampa. I hate Tampa. It sucks. But... <laughs> yeah. I have some I stats. Sorry. I have some data. Per source? Per source would be Twitter. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a good source. So Great um, source. <laughs> all right, before we get to those, like, what's the recipe in this game, right? Like, the recipe is Dallas wants to run the football because when Dak throws the ball a bunch, that always leads to bad things. It's, it's in his career when the more Dak's thrown, the less that the Cowboys have won. On the other side of the ball, Tampa cannot run the football. I mean, Leonard Fournette had a good postseason – or had a good yoffs last year, but uh, they haven't been able to run the football all season. So why would they be able to start running the football now? So it's just going to be – you know, regardless of what the Cowboys do, Tom's going to drop back 45, 50, like 50 times in this game, and he's going to throw those short out routes to Godwin, bubble screens, try to connect with Mike Evans, which has done a little bit of a better job um, going forward. But I guess he's done a better job of that as of late. And going forward, they hope that – I mean, that's the only way they're going to be able to move the football um, on offense. Okay, Tom Brady is 7-0 and in his career against the Cowboys. That's a good stat. Wow, that's a great stat. Um, Tom Brady as a playoff underdog. Um, he's been a playoff underdog four times since 2019. What a call by me. I said under five. He is he is 4-0 straight up and 4-0 against the spread in those games. Since 2005, NFL playoff teams that are 500 or worse and with their record when the Buccaneers are eight and nine, they're under 500. Huh. Uh, they have gone eight and three in the playoffs against the spread. So like the data is saying, you know, I sound like such a nerd weirdo, but the data is saying to bet Tampa <laughs> here. And my, my, my heart says to bet on Tom Brady. I, I, if this is the end, and we've been asking that question for some time now, like, and it very well could be, I mean, he, he's going to go down fighting. So it would feel like if the Cowboys won this game, they'd win it by like one and, and cover. So I'll take Tampa in this spot. And Dak Prescott is, is not good. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a diehard Cowboys fan during that game, and it is. It is – they're in a bad position, uh, the Cowboys. Like, Jerry has got to take a step back from negotiating contracts and dealing with players because it's just passing him by. It's time out, time and time again with this guy. It's it's $90 million to Zeke. It's $100 million to De, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, who's just really not that great of an edge. It's uh, trading Amari Cooper for a sixth-round pick. This team would be a lot better with Amari Cooper taking some pressure off of CeeDee Lamb. And I just don't know how you trade Amari Cooper and don't replace him 
T.Y. Hilton is not a replacement, by the way. He's doing some good things for them, but he's not an Amari replacement. Amari is just a really good football player. I don't know how that how you, how that is your plan, and then you're just going to strut out Michael Gallup, who blew his knee out in the last game last year. He's not. He's still not the same guy. It's not even been a year since that happened. So it's like, man, like I I think the Cowboys are in a tough position. Dak tied with Davis Mills for the league lead with interceptions. And he only played 12 games. Guys, he threw a pick in seven straight games. Ew. And the picks he's throwing are dur- – I mean, he threw the ball. He might as well have put the ball in Kendall Fuller's jockstrap on that pick six that he threw. It's just like simple <laughs> seven-yard outs, five-yard outs. And he's throwing the ball way towards the inside of the receiver and giving the defender a chance on the ball. And, like, I just don't see any way – Let's look long-term for the Cowboys. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you're really concerned. You're paying Dak more money than, like, Patrick Mahomes for, you know, Kirk, Kirk Cousins' bad oh. game play. Like, he's not, he's not getting to, like, when Kirk has his good games, like, Dak's not even giving you that. So, I hate the Cowboys. Um, so, I, I would love for them to keep losing – and, like, I hate Skip Bayless, too, um, and he's such a fucking weasel, and he tries to defend the Cowboys. I don't know. I, we haven't even talked about that, but, like, I think Shannon Sharp's hilarious, and I kind of, like, want Shannon Sharp to, like, keep dunking on that twerp. All right, yeah. that was a weird tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, great tangent because Skip Bayless is a twerp. But, um, yeah, Dallas, weird spot. I bet you were talking with Justin Roberts, probably, is who you were talking to. Is that who it was? Yeah, Justin, I called him um, – right about halftime of the game last week. And I said like, Hey, and he knows like whenever I talk ball with guys and you guys know, this is, you guys are the same way. Like I'm not, I don't usually go at people to like just razz them up. Like I'm actually curious. And so I FaceTime yes. him. And I'm like, Justin, dude, like, this is like, you guys, you're concerned, aren't you? And he like was being honest. He was like, yeah, man, it is not good enough. It's bad. And I think that would echo the same sentiment of many Cowboys fans. And there's going to be people who are like, like the good old boy cowboy fans. You know, I'm talking about the ones that'll oh, yeah. be like, they need to get that Prescott out of there and put old good old Cooper Rush into the football game. He knows how to play quarterback. You know that kind of My fiance's father is. I was. That's who I was texting and calling during the game, and he was <laughs> just about exactly what the fuck is going on with Dak Prescott. Yeah, what do they do though? I mean, if Dak is bad, what do they do? I, I seriously have no idea. Do they go after a quarterback in the draft? Do they, I mean, they're kind of bought. I don't, I, I'm at a loss. They, they have no other option. No, they that's have the thing. to like win. You, yeah, they have to win. That's it. Against yeah. Tom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you were done, Blaine. Sorry. I thought you were, I thought you had more to say. But no, yeah. you're good. It's just a question. I literally, no one knows. No, and, and you know the Dallas defense is really good. Dan Quinn might be at for a head coaching job too if he's out. I mean that adds another level. It just it's it's Dak's contract. He signed uh, that extension or that that big contract, four years, one hundred and sixty mil, um, you know, one hundred and twenty six guaranteed. Average salary is forty mil. So like this year, Dak's base is thirty one. His cap hits forty nine and change. After this year, um. Is that right? Hold on. This Well, this says 2023. So I think Dak has this next year, right? 
and then there's an out in the contract. All right. But like what the out in the contract is with 39 million in dead cap. So it's oh. like, no, they, they're screwed. And what are they going to do? Are they going to trade deck? They can't do that. Well, what, what, you're going to trade deck for pennies on the dollar. No, I mean, they're married to deck. And so they have to somehow, um, they have to somehow make it work. And just for a clarification thing, I think that SpotRack, this is that's the site that I use, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. I don't know if it's Spotrack or SpotRack, but it's got all the NFL contracts on there. It has 2023 highlighted with those numbers I just rattled off. So I'm thinking that that's his contract for this, like this coming season. Because we are in 2023, but it was the 2022 season. Um, so his cap hit was only 19 this last year, and it jumps up 30 extra million for next year. So then they have no way out. So they're, if that clarified it for everybody, they're screwed with Dak right now. Awesome pod, guys. That is the NFL wildcard weekend. Um, all the matchups seemingly going to be pretty damn good. Um, excited to watch it. You guys doing anything for it or going anywhere? Nobody doing anything, just watch them at their house. That's what I'll be doing in a nice recliner where I did the podcast from tonight. So um should be fun. Boys, I appreciate your time as always. Figure it out, pod back. Actually, I guess just next week because we won't have anything really on Monday, um, which will be not not a bad thing. Um, we'll get into the Chiefs matchup. We'll know who we play then. Should be a great episode. Boys, Blaine, Johnny, I appreciate it. See you, Chan. See you guys.